Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my God. You've got all your Charger gear on because. I look good. I got big energy every day. Let's go! And he is dicked. Blind squirrel finds a knife every once in a while. That's right. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Players, coaches, Staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. (laughs) Well, how the heck are you, everybody? Welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Will Dogson, with my buddies, Kev Hug and Duggan. Happy Friday, Friday. It's a Friday morning, folks. And let's not forget Kyle, the coach, Duggan. I want to start a poll that we get rid of daylight savings time. Who's who's in with me? <laughs> Total bullshit. I'm in. I haven't slept Sucks. in a week now. <laughs> Your kids are Probably. all messed up. Yeah. It's completely out of whack. Waking up at wow. 4 a.m. It's not fun. But here we are anyways. We got a game we got to talk about. I'm excited. We do. Screw the Vikings. Yes. All that stupid yes. purple. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's only been a couple of days, but still lots of news to talk about. Uh you know, first and foremost, more accolades for our golden boy. Uh, y'all got your phones out. Y'all got your thumbs warmed up and you all voted for the FedEx <laughs> Air Player of the Week for week nine. Justin Herbert is the winner winner of this chicken dinner. <laughs> Dude, this is funny because all the previous like weeks, they put the percentage. Yeah, they so didn't put can, the percentage on this one. Because I feel it was so embarrassing. 100, it was 100%. <laughs> it was and so embarrassing. It, it was they're like, <laughs> why do we even do this? We just hand it to Charger players whenever they're on here. Because right. there's nothing that shows how bad we kicked their asses. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So It is, smooth, it is intriguing play, that FedEx. they didn't put the percentage. But, yeah. uh, good, good try but there. We're not going anywhere. Not anytime soon. Justin Herbert, congratulations. Uh, the fans voted for you, and then that was not enough. Uh, Justin Herbert was also named the AFC Offensive Player of the Week after his performance in Philadelphia. Congratulations, Congrats. sir. I don't know who who votes for the AFC Offensive Player of the Week or who makes that decision. 
Somebody hmm. does. Santa it's, Claus. There you go. <laughs> Santa Claus. Yeah, uh, makes but he the, works at the NFL office during off season. So, yeah, some yeah. some schmo Stay makes busy. a decision on who the AFC Offensive Player of the Week is, and this week it was Justin Herbert after his performance. Um, and this is his first time uh, winning Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah, the, so, for the AFC. Yeah, it's new accolades like every time every week every game there's a new accolade for him so yeah it's pretty awesome yeah and so in so much for that sophomore slump he's got to win an offensive player of the week uh in his sophomore year he didn't and, put on that freshman 15 he's yeah good. for real he's looking good and also found out some uh interesting facts about justin herbert uh for the quarterbacks that are under 25 years old with game winning drives at the top is Josh Allen winning 11, but he did that in 52 games. Patrick Mahomes won nine in 55 games. Lamar Jackson, eight in 54 games. Justin Herbert has had seven game-winning drives in only 22 games. <laughs> and tied with him it's is like, Kyler Murray, who had seven as well, but he did it in 40 games. Every third game, he has a game-winning drive. I, this uh-huh. is a, sweet. This is, this like is good it. for us, guys. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Game yeah. more game winning drives in less games uh, for quarterbacks under twenty five years old. So that is extremely impressive. Justin Herbert just continues to be the the player that we can all look up to and really just hang our hat on for this guy because he is he's everything. He's just, everything we wanted in a quarterback. Just know. That if we're you know down at the end of the game and it's a one possession game, the odds are pretty good he's going to be able to do something for exactly. us. Exactly. Yes. So he's just setting the tone for what his career will be, and so far so good, man. Seven in twenty two games. Like what's what is that? It's a quarter of the games he's played in. He's he's come back and won. Yeah, that's ev- crazy. Third. Every third game. Like yeah. A third. Yeah. yeah. Third. Sorry. Third. Yeah. Sorry. Math. Not, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Math's not your thing. It's cool. Yeah. That's not, okay. Um, going over to Twitter, there's more accolades to be handed out, or at least uh, shining light on some players that did quite well in Week 9. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen uh, led the team with a season-high 12 receptions for 104 yards. Uh, this was his ninth career game with 12 or more catches and 100 or more yards, receiving the most all-time. All-time. Wow. wow. Nine games with 12 or more catches and over 100 receiving yards. There is yeah, no player that has more. He's just, he just works, dude. Because most of the time, people can have over 100 yards, but they're on like five catches, six right. catches, some just bombs. Catching like that's, deep bombs, yeah. That's how you get it. He's doing all of his work in those intermediate routes and putting up 12 receptions for over 100 yards nine times. And now he's yeah, most 12, all time is pretty awesome. 12 catches is a lot for one yeah. game. To be yeah. targeted 12 times is a lot for one game. Yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy had some serious fantasy value in PPR leagues this last week, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was about to call him old reliable, but that was what we referred to Antonio Gates as when when he was around. So we got to think of another nickname for for Keenan. I know he goes by Slayer, but there's got to be something to to show off just how reliable he is and how how much of an impact he has on some of these games. Twelve of them were catches over 100 receiving yards. That's that's a go-to guy. That's Slay's payday. It's a lot payday of syllables. I, I I'm not I'm not. <laughs> you, I, didn't know you, I didn't know you had a syllable quota. We needed well, to not. Well, you got ma- old 
reliable. You've got <laughs> old reliable. That's five. I think you're adding more syllables in Re- there. <laughs> reliable. There's five syllables in there. How dare you? Get off my ass. Move on. Let's move on. Or we, or we could have just said we don't like that nickname. It's not about the <laughs> you could, You're going to smash me for my syllable usage. <laughs> just, and not, not to, giving him a, a I'm trying to soften the blow he... here. I'm trying to come up with like something that doesn't uh, doesn't hurt quite as much. Slay pay day. That's four. That's one less than yours. All right. Daniel Popper uh, over on Twitter <laughs> tweeted All out. All right. Uh, we don't like the nickname. <laughs> moving on. Kenneth. Daniel Popper tweeted, Kenneth Murray was working with the edge rushers during individual drills today. Brandon Staley said plan is to give Murray snaps on the edge, either at edge rusher or in a hybrid role once he is activated off IR. I'm excited cool. for this. I, I, yeah. I listened to the um, his, this was from his interview after Tuesday or Wednesday, Tuesday practice. Um, it was, it's pretty crazy. Like the amount that they thought forward into the future and were willing to stick to the plan. Because mm-hmm. they, he talked about how when they the second they came in, he he got the job as the Chargers coach and he evaluated the roster. He knew that Kenneth Murray would become an edge guy, but he didn't want to throw him into a brand new defense. He didn't know how to play his initial position and then mm-hmm. add more on top of that to confuse the guy. So, but but what I've seen a lot in coaching is you can have this grand plan, but when fit starts to hit the shan, you just <laughs> immediately change everything. <laughs> you know, like, oh, right. I have this grand plan, but I need to win right now. So let's put him at edge week two. We got it. Or you lose to Dallas. You see what Micah Parsons did. All right, let's do that right now. Mm-hmm. But coach had the patience to be like, no, this we're playing the long game. Kenneth's going to be a force for a long time. Let's make sure he's comfortable in the position that he's in. And it sounds like while he's been on IR, it, they've just been looking at film and really talking through and looking at what his new position will look like and how to take advantage. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm hoping that they activate him here Sunday and then he's able to get after it. Uh, it would be fun. Fingers crossed. Fingers a hundred percent crossed. Saw him walking out. You know how they do the Instagram where they get the players all walking out on the fields. He's looking mm-hmm. good. Didn't see anything on his ankle, nothing taped up, but just in terms of walking, I think he's ready to start. He's got a good strong stride. walk. Yeah, strong <laughs> walk. He had a swagger. He was walking like he's going to get ready to walk hard. You know what I mean? There you go. Oh. Like walking hard. What was that Kenneth movie? Murray. Walk hard. Yeah. yeah walk, walk hard. hard. <laughs> walk hard. hard. Um, that would that would be interesting to see because I feel like I've seen other people say that like this was like that was one of his big things in college was being kind of a bit of a hybrid role and doing some edge rushing in college. So um, if they can implement that back into this game and and utilize that, I mean Brandon Staley has talked about having guys that can play multiple positions. So getting Kenneth Murray prior to his tenure for Staley and now have, you mean just having that guy right off the bat that can possibly play that hybrid role has got to be pretty exciting for Staley to, to utilize it. So hopefully, yes, we get to see him come back this Sunday, uh, looking at the injury report. Uh, that's probably been the longest it's been, uh, since the start of the season. Uh, Nasir Adderley listed on there. This is as of Wednesday, by the way, uh, Nasir Adderley with an ankle injury did not practice. Um, I believe, though, I saw a tweet from Fernando saying that he was just dealing with some soreness. Soreness, yeah. So hopefully that's all that that is. Uh, Keenan Allen on there with a knee injury did not practice. Uh, Again, got to hope that this is just veteran status. You know what? Sore sore knee. Don't need to practice, buddy. 
Um, Steven Anderson on there with an ankle injury, but he practiced in full. Uh, Michael Davis, hamstring injury, did not practice. Uh, saw the tweet recently that it's looking like probably at least another week, yeah. maybe potentially more. That's what Coach said is that it doesn't look like Michael Davis. You know, it's what he's done all year, this year so far, is that he's just really conservative with the amount of time before he rushes players back. So, right. You know, we'll see what happens. I think as long as we get one of the two back this week, I think it's, it's still an, an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I trust Staley when he says that, you know, potentially, you know, a, at least a week, if not more, you know, as opposed to these previous injuries that we've had from players that they're like, yep, hope to get him back, hope to get him back. And there's this consistent hope that like, yeah. you know, like when Michael Badgley was dealing with his injury, it's like, okay, maybe... Maybe he'll come back. And then it was like six weeks later, like, oh, okay, well, I guess now he'll come back or something like that. There was only a handful of games left to play. Um, Alohi Gilman on that injury as well with the ankle injury. He had uh, limited snaps. Uh, Justin Jackson still. And Coach did say Alohi's probably going to be ready to go on Sunday. Oh, good. Okay. I didn't hear that. Um, Justin Jackson, quadricep, uh, still not practicing. Trey Marshall with his ankle injury, limited. Uh, Asante Samuel with his concussion injury is back practicing in full. Hooray. Hercules, Hercules. We need him back. Get him back out there. Yeah. And Ryan Smith with his knee injury. I mean, it's listed as a knee, but we all know it's the torn ACL. ACL. Yeah. yeah. It's, I'm just curious why he's on here. Uh, they just right. haven't shifted him to the IR yet. Got it. Yeah, is it that long of a process, IR. you think? I don't know. I don't know. I, I because it's, a, I mean, why. tearing the ACL, that's a season-ending injury, right? Yeah. Most yeah. of the I mean, time. At this point in the season, yeah. I was going to say, like, yeah, this, like sure. if this happened we only week one, that might be left. different. Yeah. yeah. Um, And who was not on this injury list, but uh, <laughs> Instagrammed uh, an injury of his own, uh, Austin Eckler, <laughs> appears to have a broken finger. A broken, <laughs> what is uh, Maybe pinky. it was like a... Maybe it was one of his gaming injuries. Oh, Maybe there you go. Yeah, lost he was the controller. Too hard ah! and, yeah. No, but I remember him coming off the sideline. I, do you remember that in watching the game that he went over the sideline and the guy it looked like he was trying to pop it back? He into was like place. holding his hand or something like that. Yeah, like, it was. It was this. Eh. All right. So, looks like his left hand. Maybe he holds the ball with the charger claw on the right more. Right. Um. But yeah, that's not that's not good. Well, it's like pinkies. It's like what was the? Wasn't there a Get player that got his shit like? like cut off or something. There was some crazy NFL story where they're like, it's, it's really bad. Am I making this up? I don't know. I feel like I've somewhere in the this. depths I'm of my brain. This is like the seventies though, back when men were men, you know what I mean? Like just take it off. I was going to say, I'm, like, get out, I know out, Jason Pierre Paul had his fingers blown off, but that's a different, that's a different situation. So yeah, that was a, that was a different situation. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure folks. If you recall a player getting a, Oh, finger, I got it. Here we go. Oh, oh Ronnie mind. law. Ronnie Lott was one of those tough guys. All the proof you need is that once he once amputated his pinky because he wanted to avoid missing games. That's what I'm talking about. The former, <laughs> to say the former he 49ers, he just bite the it former off. 49ers safety, he broke his pinky finger trying to tackle and he didn't want to miss any games with a broken finger. So they <laughs> chopped it off. I don't know if this is true, but it popped up on Google right when I looked at it. Wow. That's really I think intense. that's where it was in my brain. I remember reading something like that being like, whoa, bro. Whoa. So pinkies aren't a thing in the NFL, apparently. You can tape Holy it up smokes. and get back out there. <laughs> you could just you just get rid of it. And just, yeah, who needs it? <laughs> yeah. Right? We'll see. We'll have to count uh, Austin Eckler's fingers when he make, hits the field on Sunday, see if he decided to get rid of it or not. Wow. Nice. 
Okay, folks. Well, now it's time to look at our next opponent, the Minnesota Vikings. And just recently, anybody that's been paying attention to the news has seen a lot going on with the Minnesota Vikings, unfortunately, uh, outside of the whole Dalvin Cook situation. Uh, apparently, a vaccinated Minnesota Vikings player was hospitalized, and 29 members of the organization are in the COVID-19 protocol as close contacts, head coach Mike Zimmer said on Wednesday. So, Yikes. That's a lot. That is a lot of players. Um Initially, they weren't saying who the player was, but I guess it was a old lineman uh, that mm -hmm. was the person who ended up, uh, or the player, I should say, that ended up in the hospital. So, yeah, that's uh, not Apparently, good. <laughs> and he's in stable condition, so that's good. So that is good to hear, yes. It's just scary to hear that kind of stuff. But, yeah, this is, I I don't think, somebody texted me something. It was like, we have, there hasn't been a forfeiture in an NFL game before. Somebody, did you say that? was me, me. That? yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I, when I saw this, they were talking about, like, the, the possibility of a forfeit. And in my mind, I was like, well, when was the last time a game ever got forfeited in the NFL? And like apparently, World War II? Yeah, it, like, it hasn't happened. Like, the only time <laughs> World that went it to happened, war, everyone forfeited. It was in, like, <laughs> yeah. there was in the 20s and 30s, like, the early stages of the NFL, which was probably more like the AFL, like, teams could, like, cancel games without necessarily getting penalized for it, you know, because of either weather or not having enough players or whatever the situation was. It was just like, yeah, you know, it's not looking like a good day to play football. So why don't we cancel it and uh, we'll try We're again. talking like 20s and 30s. Exactly, level. in the 20s and 30s. So nowadays, like, shit's set in stone and and they're not <laughs> changing schedules because of COVID. Yeah. So um, I doubt all 29 players are going to be unable to play come Sunday. But that's a lot of people to, yeah. to be concerned about. Because, I mean, even with these all 29 players, uh, who knows how many of them were were vaccinated and the potential because uh, I mean that's the thing is like as they stated in the COVID protocols like vaccinated players can only you know they could potentially just miss one two days it's like forty eight hours or yeah. seventy two hours you have for to, yeah, two negative two tests. negative tests yeah you right they got to produce tests. two negative tests but yeah. it's just a couple of days whereas the unvaccinated players it's like, like one days week? yeah ten, ten days ten days well so, it's interesting because the Vikings apparently from what I've read I hope I believe this is correct is they have the one of the lowest vaccination rates on their entire team of yeah, all the NFL go, teams going into the season they were at like a 70 percent vaccinated mm. rate so that and on, on a 50 person team that leaves a good 20 people that or 15 people that are not vaccinated and if mm -hmm. any one of those guys gets it they're out for 10 days they're missing the game right yeah, crazy. So, uh, one of those guys, yeah. Harrison Smith, strong safety, uh, missed the Vikings last game after testing positive for COVID and due to not being vaccinated, he is ruled out for uh, the game against the Chargers. So, and he's one of their one of their staples Studs. in that defense. Yeah. Like he's mm -hmm. always an issue. I I remember when we used to play fantasy football, like I would oh, you know, yeah. we we would have DBs, we would for a couple seasons we did that and I'd always pick him up cuz he'd have insane amount of tackles. So, yeah. you know, it's he was productive. Yeah, I want. I don't want to say that there's some element of karma for Aaron Rodgers not playing against the Chiefs, but maybe there's in like a little weird world where there's some of these players Coming might not back play against to the us. Chargers. Just saying, just the weird. I don't want anyone to be sick. I'm just saying there's something out there. Something's tipping or, the karmic scale. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or the NFL caught news of our, our, us catching on to them. We talked about it in the last episode, how (laughs) we're catching on to what they're doing here. We got like, oh, shoot. Oh, shit. Yeah. Mayday. Mayday. Code red. Get everyone COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Red alert. Red alert. Um, and and who was the other guy, uh, uh, that is potentially missing time? You were just looking up, uh, Patrick Peterson, Daniel, Daniel. Oh yeah, Daniel. Don't miss Captain and Daniel. Daniel. Daniel Hunter. He's he he was placed on IR, and Patrick Peterson's been on IR now for a couple of weeks. So mm. they got a lot of at almost every level of their defense. They're missing some big time players. Mm. Um, which I don't know. Like obviously, you can still get wins in the NFL without your studs. We're in the same exact position with our corners. Um, but yeah, that's it's going to be a tough look for the Vikings. I think trying to slow down our pass our passing attack. We will see. Looking at some of their previous games, uh, the Vikings initially played the Bengals week one, just barely lost. Uh, played against the Cardinals, barely lost even more. Uh, finally beat the Seahawks <laughs> in week three. Uh, lost to the Browns and beat the Lions, obviously. Everybody's beating the Lions. I, was a, but I remember that. That was a close one. That was like a last second field goal. It's another close 1917. one, yeah. Two-point yeah, game. Um, then they beat the Carolina Panthers and then lost to the Cowboys and just recent, most recently lost to the Baltimore Ravens three point game. Um, and that was an overtime game too. Actually, let's see two, two, overtimes. two overtime games. Yeah. So they're, so they're in these games until the end. I'm looking at all, all these box scores. All these, all these games are close. Like they clearly are coached well over there and they're not giving up. Like there's not mm-hmm. any of that going on. So I think it's going to be a tough, tough test for sure um and hopefully defense steps up in the secondary run defense is better than it was in previous weeks and then herbert you know gets nominated for all the awards after right yeah yes you know like obviously it seems like every week we're like oh but this team has a good rushing attack oh no but this team has a good rushing <laughs> yeah. attack Every team has every a good rushing attack. So it's us, just, yeah. <laughs> it's just, well, and it's, it's just pretty much in the NFL, every team has an ability to run the ball. Right. They've got to have at least one they, guy that can do it. Yeah. And when you face us, it's, that's what they're going to go to. So mm-hmm. I find it interesting this season, like the, the pillagers of the league, the Raiders and the Vikings are having difficulty off field. It's just an odd year Ooh. for pillagers and uh, it's not good. Yeah. Boy, the, <laughs> the Raiders, I mean, anybody that's seen, more uh, shit show over there. What like the the graphic of them having their 2020 draft being the worst draft of all in time. history. Like they only have like one player out of their entire draft class that <laughs> of 2020. Like not from like a few years ago. Like we all yeah. lost, you know, You're, a lot yeah. of the players from that one draft. They just lost just about all of their players. It's like one starter from their whole thing. Yeah. 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 And then when when you think about Tommy T, he does draft character guys. We're not dealing with any of this stuff. Nope. So that's if you want to look at his drafting, we can give him that. Give him that star for that. Absolutely. We're not going to lose players to off-field issues. Uh, well, folks, don't forget to go on over to chargechat.com. Check out some of the sweet merch that we have over there. And we've also got a members-only section. So uh, if you head on over there, you can chat it up with other members on the chargechat.com website. And we've added a few... Uh, items to our store. Kevin just told me we added a new sweater because it's winter folks. Winter is coming and uh, we've got, uh, we've got new sweaters over there. So go over there, check it out. Chargechat.com. All right, folks. Well, now it's time for the next segment. It is coach's corner. What is coach cooking up in his corner? Let's smell what it is. (laughs) 
great moments are born great opportunity. All comes down to today. You take this helmet and you put it right in his numbers, okay? I want to see nothing but snot bubbles in his nose. A lot of people want to blame coaches for a lot of things. Nobody puts <laughs> coaches up. And we shut them down because we can't. It's because I believed in you. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But it just wouldn't be our style. Let's do it. All right, folks. Well, now it is time to get into Coach's Corner. Coach, what's going on in that corner over there? What are you hiding? Yeah, we. I, I wanted to look at um, kind of a deep dive on Donald Parham. Um, bigger than that, too, looking at the impact, obviously, of the tight ends on the game. Yes, Adam, did you have something to I just add? wanted to point out, as I heard you say it, uh, he just recently tweeted out, uh, it's Parham. The not pronunciation, Parham. it's not Parham, it's Parham. Mm. He's like, that is the tweet. So it's I like think he just wanted golf to, and a sandwich. Yeah. He just wanted to correct everybody. It's par, par ham. ham. Emphasis on the ham. So sorry, Donald. over par hammy. Here we go. Sorry, Donnie. Okay. <laughs> par ham. Sorry, Donnie. Um, um, yeah. So wanted to look at the impact, obviously the tight end side on the game, but also a little sorry. bit, I'm just going to keep going a little bit more of a deep dive on Donald uh, par ham. Um, so one of the things that you can do with tight ends is manipulate defenses, right? We talked about this on our Tuesday episode. When you do different personnel, you're going to get different response from it. Um, so in this play here that I have pulled up, um, we're in 12 personnel, meaning there's one running back and two tight ends. Um, what that does is the defense now gets heavy, right? Look at all these guys in the box. They went big and heavy in the box and it opens up what you can manipulate, whatever you want to do. This is going to be a quick, we're going to be a quick hit to Keenan on the outside. We're going to bring this guy in motion and it's going to isolate because he's going to come down. And now you have one-on-one with seven yards off. Nice. So Herbert sees that, but that's because of the personnel packaging that you have, because we have Parham and we have Cook and we have Anderson. We have all these pieces that we can continue to put out there and you can run the ball. But now look, you see the matchup. Now there's nobody out here. It's going to be one-on-one, boom get the ball out, get it to Keenan. It's just an easy pitch and catch because you can manipulate defense with your personnel. Mm. Um, As you can see too, this was designed to be a run play and that's why tight ends are so effective. These guys are linemen and receivers built into one. So this play was designed to be a run this way with, I think this is Guyton coming and lead blocking and Eck was supposed to get the ball on like a sweep. Um, And these guys would have been your lead blocks. Your two big boys would have been blocking up on corner and linebacker. Um, so I'll roll it through and watch because this is this is supposed to be a run and, and Herbert just sees the matchup, pulls it and goes. This is supposed to be a give. Everyone's blocking for it. He just takes it and goes because you can get those matchups. They have to simplify what they're doing. Go into man. You see that isolation. You're going to take the shot. Hmm. It's something that having multiple tight ends allows you to manipulate defenses. Um, it's more than just, hey, we have big guys that can catch the ball. It's we have big guys that can run the ball too. So you better bring out some different type of dynamic athletes on defense. And then we'll take advantage of that too. Um, all right. And interesting little tidbit is that first, that, that time that, that first series where we went all the way down and got stopped at the two yard, one yard line, whatever it was. Um, Parham didn't get one play on those, those four that we had. Down there, which was, I'm so, <laughs> Donnie it's going yeah. to be hard to switch. Parham. You can't, when you read that name, you can't believe that that's where the way it's pronounced. You're like, oh, it's Parham. There's no it. way that's what they actually want to be called. Where's the uh, you know? It's, the, yeah, it's yeah. the long lineage of Parhams. <laughs> Parham. Sorry. Go back Sorry, a long way. Donald Parham. Um, 
But on that first drive when we went down and got stuck at the one at the one yard line, that's a big time red zone possession, and we don't have him in there, which um, which we looked at the, on the also on the Tuesday episode. Um, Craig looked at the idea of him being a huge red zone target, and it was it it was it was interesting to go back and watch and see. Look, he wasn't even on the field one time in that whole series. The wow. first play down there when we got first and goal at like the three, we did a quick back shoulder throw to Mike Williams. And in my head, I was like, man, what would that have looked like with Mike Williams? I'm okay with that play call. That's totally fine. Right. But you put Mike Williams out there. They put their best corner. And then you put Donald Parham on the other side. Like, you get, you just basically get to pick your matchup that you like. Right. Those guys both have very similar abilities. Um, <laughs> Whichever so one just, Slay was covering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So just keeping an eye on in, moving forward, if we see him a little bit more in the red zone, uh, it was interesting that, that he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't even on the field at all. Um, this play here, this is one of his, his several catches on the game. Um, I actually think it may have been a little bit of a blown in pass protection. Hmm. I'll run it through one time. He's up here at the top of the screen. Um, he's going to sit for a second and then leak out and he's open and he gets, he, he, he catches the ball. This is the, um, he has like a 12 yard pickup and then there's a late hit on, um, Justin Herbert. They get a roughing the passer. I think they hit him low. Um, but you'll see as a linebacker is coming to, or a defensive backs coming to blitz off the edge. I'm pretty sure that Parham was supposed to be staying in, in pass pro if this guy comes because it's basically an unblocked man. Um, so you watch at the top of the screen. He's going to sit there for a second. Everyone's taken. I think he missed that. You see that little hand bump that he tried to reach out and touch. Either he was supposed to get a chip, which he doesn't really get any chip, or he, if that guy comes, he was supposed to stay because um, the, the corner comes he, that was lined up over Keenan. He blitzes. No one gets a hand on him. And that's like the one time that Justin got real actually hit on Sunday. Um, but it ends up being a, a, a great catch. Obviously, we've seen what Donald can do um, with the ball in his hands after making the catch. Um, he's an elusive, fast, fast guy. So right. he turns that. He's able to get the edge. I mean, when he catches the ball here, he's he's the defender has the angle. He has him shut off. Has the He's upfield of him. He doesn't just. He doesn't think that Parham is going to be able to run that fast and just get around him. So he's taking away that inside, knowing I can run with him. Donald put on, puts on the boosters and able to get the first down. Uh, but just interesting to look at. I don't know if right. that was a miss. Um, something that they're still working on, and maybe why he's not on the field as that number two guy. Why they have they have Cook on the field a lot. He's right. he's like eighty percent of snaps. Uh, maybe there are some things going on there that he's still working on before he becomes more of a integral every down type of tight end. All right, next play, um, not a receiving play. Obviously, tight ends, we don't have to do both. Um, this is Parham lined up here on the outside. He's the, technically the number one receiver in this formation. You got tight end, tight end. Again, another 212 personnel, two tight end set. Um, and what I, what I thought was interesting was his ability to block an open field. I wanted to look not only at his pass catching, but really to see everyone says he put an emphasis on his, on his um run blocking. I wanted to just take a look at a couple of plays because he doesn't do a whole lot of it. Um, this is him getting into space and blocking a light body DB. Now it seems obvious, right? A tight end should be able to block a corner. Like that's a really big size discrepancy, strength discrepancy. But you see a lot of times, man, you get into open, open field, the game levels out because that little guy is a lot quicker than that big guy. It can usually get around him and avoid in a lot of ways. So What's interesting here is what happens is Parham gets a chip, so he helps with this block so Cook can get there, and then he moves upfield, and he's going to be able to put a really, really good block and sustained block on this corner. Um, so it's it's a part of his game 
obviously continuing to get better. He gets a chip, gets upfield, gets on the block, sustains it, stays with it, and it turns into a big play for us. It seems like something little and insignificant, but everything that goes into that from the timing to the keeping your shoulder square to the line of scrimmage to being able to adjust with what the DB is trying to do, it, 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 was, it was really impressive to see that he, he does have all those abilities um, and he's clearly working on them. It's so crazy how quick he is for a guy that's so tall and so big. Right. Well, yeah, he's he got looks big like he strides. Should, should look like a baby giraffe, but he he moves really smooth. It's very smooth. He gets yeah. out there and gets on top of him. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Another passing um, illustration and lining him up in a different spot. This is Parham down here lined up as a basically what you would call it is the X receiver in this weird type of formation. Um, he's isolated. This is Darius Slay, a guy that we wanted to pick on. It was weird that. It seemed like that's who we wanted to go after a lot of the game. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't adjust with having a tight end out here. They just said, hey, we'll put our corner with the tight end and we'll see how it goes. A lot of the times you'll see people like we probably would have had Derwin James bump out and play over the big, big bodied um, wide receiver. Um, but what, what what's crazy is this Justin Herbert made this decision before the ball was snapped. He, he looked at the defense. He saw this on this and he said, that's where I'm going with the ball. Even with the safety over the top, that that must have been decided in in like coaches' room and talks and watching film. If we get this matchup with Parham on Slay, that's where we're going. We're gonna take the shot, see what happens. Because you'll see on this backside, Cook is gonna get wide open. I mean, wide, wide open. And he doesn't even turn. He never checks off. He gets the ball. He kind of looks to the middle of the field to hold the safety for a second, and then he goes right to Par Parham. Um, so it's just crazy that. Come on, there we go. It's crazy that he had already made this decision. That's that's a lot of confidence to have in a guy that I'm just going to go like pre-snap. That's the matchup I like. That's where I'm going. You'll see it. If you watch at the top of the screen, watch Jared Cook come wide open, like right there. He's got nobody. This mm -hmm. is wide open. He's already made his decision. He's covered by two guys. <laughs> I'm just going to go to par him. And, and, and that's, it doesn't always pay off. This, this always pays off. Um, but that's because the, we didn't, Justin didn't see the blitz that was coming that really made uh, Jared Cook get wide open on this. Um, but it's just, he, he has a lot of faith in Donald Parham. He's going to go to him. Um, so it's just, it is starting to build that chemistry that when you get down here into the red zone, I really think that this guy needs to be on the field in some capacity. Even if it is spread out wide like that, even if he's playing like a, a Keenan type position where you like to throw those short, like we tried that tunnel screen on on fourth down, I think it was here in the red zone. Keenan doesn't, I mean, he doesn't like to hit. He's not a big, big body. Um, so try that kind of stuff with him. I think it would be cool to see if that that started to evolve a little bit for Parham's role. Parham's role. Well, and over the middle, if he's going out, he's six nine, his arms, he's just throw it 10 feet up. What what guy's gonna be able to contest that? He's just gonna. It's like that. Those yeah. you know when you're playing with your kids on like a little basketball hoop, you're just slamming on them. Like right. that's easy all day long. Yeah. yeah, Parham is six eight. Darius Slay is six foot. So he's already got eight inches on him. <laughs> Plus his insanely long <laughs> arms, which reach, reach and jump, average. Yeah. reach and reach. jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, monster. It's a mismatch for sure. We just saw what happens when you mm -hmm. get that mismatch. Um, and looking at the final play here, it again, they this was a couple plays later look what they did they put donald parham technically as the number one receiver out here they went into a nub set so there is no wide receiver out here the first wide receiver is parham the eagles did not they don't adjust anything they just say slay stay there and you have whatever the number one receiver is 
So again, you have Para Monsley, and they just love that matchup, and they wanted to attack it. Um, so this poor guy just gets put on a highlight reel because the mismatch is just so big. He's a wide receiver running ability, but look how long. I mean, he reaches into the end zone from like the three-yard line. It's, it's like he could catch and just stretch Armstrong into the end zone. It's like, boom, and I'm in. It's, oh, my God. That's awesome. There's, the matchup is just so big. Having a guy that can block, which we've seen in open space, um, I think his ability to, to pass protection-wise, stay in there if he needs to, it's probably a tough thing for him. I mean, that's a hard thing to do to sit in there and, and, and diagnose blitzes and know when to stay. Um, but his ability to run with the ball and catch the ball, um, I, I think he's the best. He's, he's, he's going to be the future. I, th- I was telling these guys, I think he's the heir apparent to Cook. Um, I think we brought Cook in on a one-year deal to have that veteran. Um, but I think next year, you're going to have a very young tight end core with Anderson, McKitty, and Donald Parham. Yeah, I just... I do want to say after this coach's corner, um, while you guys weren't paying attention, I went into our fantasy league and I just added Parham to my roster and he's now starting. So thank you, coach. Even though it's projected two points, I'm rolling. They don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, I just looked it up. Parham is tied for second on the most receiving touchdowns for the team right now. Uh, Tied with Austin Eckler and Mike Williams is obviously number one. So fantasy gold he's uh he's second right now in receiving for touchdown magnet so why not throw this guy this guy is just gonna (laughs) this guy is just literally head and shoulders above everybody else that's (laughs) defending that sounds like a partnership he need they need to get involved with it makes really sense really like that's a sponsor that needs to happen get on it yeah it's not all about the hair sometimes it's about the height as well so that's about the shoulders um Awesome. Coach, thank you for taking a look at Donald Parham and yep. uh, Thanks, breaking coach. down. And uh, it, it's exciting to see, yeah, the the potential for a guy who's only 24 years old uh, that we nabbed from the XFL. Like, I still can't get over that. Like an XFL player who is having pretty good success with this team and, yeah. and hopefully potentially will continue to do so. So thank you, Coach, for taking a look. Of course. As soon as that clock starts, your ass mine. When I met Justin Herbert, man, that dude is big as hell. Yeah, the goal is to just keep it rolling. Come in hype because we have a lot of things to be excited about. All right, guys, we are back with another Bolt Insight, and we are super pumped to have Dan from Chargers Unleashed. What is going on, my man? What's going on, dude? How are you? Thank you for having me. I feel honored. This is like a big deal being on this as a guest. I've seen all the folks you've had on here. I'm like, man, when am I getting my shot? I know. I'm sure enough, to- dude, here we are. I'm pumped, dude. It's like trading cards. I'm trying to collect everybody. And um, I got you. I'm putting you right here. So we we're, we thank you so much for joining us. We're super pumped to have you. And, you of know, course. one thing we like to find out with everyone we talk to is, you know, how you became a Charger fan. So how did you become a Charger fan? Honestly, um, it's been a long time. Uh, I grew up in Southern California, so I grew up in San Diego. So I was in La Mesa uh, area for Bay El Cajon. So I went to school down uh, there. And then I think I want to say probably like middle school was when I became a Chargers fan. And that was back when like LT, actually it was before LT, like Natron Means was with us, nice. so Stan Humphreys. And that was kind of the era, unfortunately, when you watch the Chargers get smoked by the Niners at Super Bowl. Like I remember that vividly. Yeah. Um, and I think it was just because it was my local home team. Like, I've always been a sports guy. Chargers have always been my team. And in fact, I actually moved out east for five years then to the Bay Area for a few years. So I was like the only Chargers fan in New England. And oh, I'm the dang. only guy thinking like, okay, I wish Tom Brady wasn't here. But here we are. 
moved to the Bay Area, so I'm in there with the Raiders fans, but I'm all still a Chargers fan. But honestly, I've been a diehard Chargers fan ever since I was a little kid, and I love this team, man. I remember Quentin Jammer. I mean, I remember all of them. And uh, it's an exciting time for Chargers fans, not just because, like, the team's now 5-3, and three, but, like, there's a culture and a character that this team has and, like, a hype and a buzz that I don't think I have seen since like maybe the early 2000s. And I'm not saying this team is as good as that team, but just in terms of like the national camaraderie, the national attention you're getting, and like how excited the fan base is. This is something special, man. And uh, I'm just excited to be here, dude. I love the fact that I'm on here with you guys, Charger Chat. Uh, and honestly, my fandom has kind of just spurred from day one. I remember going to Qualcomm, watching Quentin Jammer lose to the Cowboys on a last second touchdown in the end zone which absolutely crippled me for a month um, <laughs> oh, but dude yeah i love this Chargers team love what they're doing love what the whole podcast community and the fan base is up to these days and uh yeah i guess that's a long story made much longer <laughs> no it was good man yeah, no it's it's i think that's a, a kind of a resounding thing is like the the lt era and like a lot of you know your nature on means i'm nature on means that was kind of when i got rolling in it so it's just kind of cool to hear everyone's backstory of like how it happened we've heard we've heard the craziest stories like some of the european fans how they became fans like there's no like direct path to becoming a fan if you live in germany or israel we interviewed for somebody from israel so it's, it's kind of cool to what? find out what everyone's all about yeah I always wonder, like, how like how does someone from Israel or Australia become like a diehard Chargers fan? Like that the story there, the connecting points, like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I, no, for <laughs> sure. It. It's it's just these accidental happenstances where it's like somebody found a Charger pencil when they were in high school, and I was like, all right, shit, this is my team. Or somebody like <laughs> randomly came to San Diego on vacation, and they happened to go to a game, and it was the best time they've ever had. It's just kind of cool to hear how it all goes. But um, yeah, the podcast community is so much fun, man, and. And, and you guys do a great show. We really, really like listening to you guys. So tell us a little bit more about like Chargers Unleashed and like what you guys are doing over there. Yeah, man, um, we're having fun. So my co-host Jake Hefner and I, we've been doing Chargers Unleashed for a little bit over a year, about a year now. And then we actually were doing a podcast previously. I'll spare the details. But there's a bunch of stuff that happened then. Yeah, heard a little uh, but bit. We are living that. a much better life now with LAFB. Good. And uh yeah, man, it's a it's a fun time. I mean, we 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 do our best to try to stay authentic, to try to stay both optimistic as well as pessimistic, but always try to you know kind of keep it real. The nice middle kind of somewhere in the soft landing spot somewhere. Yeah, there. so we we balance each other out quite nicely. Nice. Um, we try to do our best to kind of bring um, like refreshing takes. We try to bring player interviews, some discussions with special guests. You know, we've had you know Dan Faust on the show. We've had some guys uh, on the team currently. We had Mike Williams recently. Um, we've also had some of the kind of play by play guys. We've had, you know, Chris Harry, we've had Fernando, we've had, uh, play by play for the Cowboys. I mean, we've had some fun. Um, but I think that the goal is to really try to be a voice of, and for the fans, just like you guys. Um, there are so many different personalities within the chargers fan base and the community. And I, and I think sometimes people get a little pigeonholed with like, Oh, chargers fan base is toxic or, Oh, chargers fan base is you know, they're always crippled by just all of this torture that happens every single year. But like, there's a lot of everybody. They're the positive people. They're the folks who have been waiting 50 years for a Super Bowl. Like there, there's so much in common. And I think the common thread throughout both, not only Jake and I, but all the podcasts as well as Chargers fans is everyone is like so desperate 
to see this team win. Yeah. And like, it'll make it that much sweeter when we finally see that. And I do honestly think that we are closer now than we were before. And so with Chargers Unleashed, like the whole point of that is to try to bring stories and bring kind of that viewpoint from and to the listeners and viewers. That's awesome. And yeah, you guys get some fantastic interviews. Like who is like out of everyone you've gotten so far, when you got like the reply back, like I'm available, were you like, <laughs> oh shit, it's going down. Yes. Um, this is, this is a couple where I, where I think both of us has been like, whoa, like they said, yes. Like seriously. Yeah. Um, Dan Fouts, I think was a big one for us because I mean, dude's a legend. Yeah. Uh, and just, that definitely got a little starstruck at first. And I think during the episode, I was like, I'm still a little, you know, in shock that I'm talking to Dan Fouts right now. And I think as he says, I'm like, ah, you'll get over it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan Fouts was great. Uh, Drew Tranquil was great in the off season. Um, he was, he was such- like, a, I remember seeing it. He was like on like a massage table talking to you guys. Yes. It was he literally was getting physical therapy. Yeah. Yes. And, and, but he was, su- he's such a good dude and he's so genuine. And like his passion, I think, kind of gave us not just like an excitement for the team, but also just like a lot of life lessons that you kind of take for granted. Sure. Um, and then probably, you know, we had, um, we had Jim Trotter. That was kind of a big deal for us. That's Cause like cool. that guy's a legend. Oh yeah. And then, and then honestly, recently, uh, Rashawn Slater and Mike Williams, like those are the two who were like, wow. Yeah. Like Mike Dubs out here making everybody look silly with some of their comments that they had. And now he's on our show. Like, this is crazy. That's um, awesome. And it's sorry. I was trapping hat. I was dying. That's awesome. Um, those are probably the ones that I would say were the, the most like awestruck or, Oh snap, this is happening. Don't screw this up. Yeah. Oh, don't blow it. Like, Oh shit. Don't <laughs> blow it. No, that's, it's the same. Yeah. Same thing we had. I, the one we had that I was like, I can't believe this is happening right now is the Sean Merriman. And I was just like, I, don't Dude. fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Please, <laughs> Kevin, don't blow it. So the luck, well, hopefully it wasn't too bad, but, um, so, so and, Sean, and Sean Merriman's been so great in the Chargers community recently, like in the last like so, six months, especially so involved. It's just, it's so cool to see a former player just come back and, and do so much for the fans. So it's, it's fantastic. So, you know, I want to pick your brain a little bit about kind of the status, you know, coming after these last two losses, getting this win. It wasn't the prettiest thing we've ever done, but we got it. Herbert balled out. Where do you think we stand right now? And what do you want to see us do moving forward into this Vikings game? Oh, man. So, you know, it's tough because I, I think with Chargers fans, rewind three weeks, you know, we're, we're forward one. We're heading the clouds. We're the best team in the AFC, yeah. it feels like. And we're going to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, we kind of come back down to earth. Two losses, tough losses. The one to Baltimore really hurt. The one to Patriots, of course, hurt every Always. Chargers fan. And it kind of gave us a little bit more humility. Um, and also kind of showed us like what we're good at also like what we are not good at and, you know, gritty win this week against Philly. I think it was an important victory to have on the road. That's a very hostile environment to win. And look, any game in the NFL can be lost. I mean, just talk to the Buffalo bills. I mean, they <laughs> nine, I mean, six talk, to I mean, the crazy. Jaguars. That's nuts. You lose the Jags nine, six, the Cowboys get blown out. Yep. I mean, the Bengals get smoked by the Browns. Like the, it happens. And so I'll take a win what I can get it. And the way that they won, in spite of a pretty poor defensive showing, especially on the defensive line sure. and the interior defensive line. So in terms of like where we stand, I kind of feel like, weirdly enough, like the whole AFC, it feels, is kind of up for grabs. Like you think Tennessee is going to be the cream of the crop and Buffalo, then Buffalo loses. Tennessee loses Derrick Henry, but then they smoke the Rams. So you're kind of like, what, what's happening? 
to me, it kind of feels like the Chargers are in that second tier of AFC teams where they should be in the playoffs. I think nobody would want to see them, but I don't know if they are complete enough to where I can say I'm confident that they can win it all. Unlike you can say about teams like the Ravens, I think are a team where there's a juggernaut. Like the defense is always good. Look at the Titans top to bottom. They're good. I know the bills had a bad showing, but like that team is loaded. The Chargers have a tremendous weakness and that's the rushing defense. And if they can clean that up, I'm bullish more than most, but until we kind of see something change, it's hard for me to imagine us going into the playoffs where you see those physical teams and see us be able to overcome that because Justin Herbert can only do so much. And the guy's a God. I mean, he's Thor. Like the guy does literally everything for this team. Yeah. But you can only do so much. We don't have the ball. Sure. Like you saw what happened where we're giving up seven minute, eight minute drives to opposing teams. You can't win that way. Yeah. Yeah. And the coach called what coach called him called him an immortal. I think on this press conference recently, like, Holy shit, coach. I think you're, I think yeah. we're all feeling it, but you say it, but yeah, I, I think there's definitely some, some truth there. And, and you know, I, I don't think for me, like the run defense sucks, um, but we need, we don't need to be the first ranked team against the D we let's go from 32 to 22. This is a team. Average. It's going to be hard. It's the same thing with special teams. Give me a run of the mill, just right down the middle defense and special teams. And we'll let our offense cook. So, but like, you know, like you were saying any given Sunday, man, like, Anything can happen. We just need to have things shake up and, and go our way. So hopefully coach gets those improvements going, starts tweaking. You know, this is the personnel we have. So there's no, you know, trade trade deadline came and went. So make it work it's with gone. these guys. I will say this. And I know I'm generally known as kind of the optimist. We're glad to have you. Here we go. Here we go. Me and you, we got Let's this. Go. So if you look at kind of the, the lay of the land, Chargers first portion of the season, like was an absolute gridlock. And for them to be able to come out of that above 500, let alone 500, but come out of that above 500 and be at five and three right now. Granted, any team can win any given Sunday, but the front half of their schedule was so much harder than the back half. Sure. And so should we beat the teams? Yes. But generally speaking, our strength of schedule is, I think, like fourth easiest remaining. And the Bills are also in that category. But you look at other teams, like the Raiders is like, horrible they have to play like five games that are against like i think it's the Bengals, the chiefs twice the cowboys i forget who, who else but they're in a good position and like the playoffs and the afc west is ahead of them and like it's kind of in their grasp and like that's i don't think and like you know people are getting all down about oh we lost two in a row we lost the raven lost the patriots i'm like dude if you would have gone back to week one and said fast forward you're five and three Winners are ahead in the AFC West. Would you take it? 100% of this fan base would have said yes. And so, sure, way we got there is different, but this team is set up for success. A coach who is just balling out right now. I love kind of his aggressiveness. He's playing Madden, man. He's got the joystick. He's playing Madden. He doesn't give a shit. I love it. No, he's like, what timeouts? I don't even care. (laughs) Whatever. Fourth down. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's exciting, man. It's it's a great time to be a Charger fan. Hopefully, they can keep rolling, getting better, and and all that. So, um, we really appreciate you coming on, Dan. And uh, if you want to let everyone that listen to our podcast where they can find you, where they can check out your check out your stuff. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, thanks again for having me. I love what you guys are doing. Say hi to the whole group for me. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me and the podcast at lac underscore unleashed. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere you find anything. 
Um, they can find me at Chargers Homer, my co-host at Jake T. Hefner. Um, yeah, man, excited to see what you guys are doing. Love what you've done. Uh, and man, we got to get this game against the Vikings. I'll be there. Me too. I will be there. Me too. Oh, all Dude, right. We got to get Alley. to Me- shot, drink. Let's got do it. it. Let's do it. Thunder Alley. I'll meet you in Thunder Alley. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, brother. Well, we appreciate you, man. And uh, uh, give uh, give your boy over there a Top Gun high five for me. I will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. All right, man. Talk to you later. Thanks for having me. All right, bud. Top Gun high five. <laughs> awesome. Dan, thank you for coming on, man. That's uh it's a lot of exciting things to to potentially look forward to, especially with this game. And uh yeah, that that's all of this is awesome stuff. And and so good to have other charger podcasts on over here because there's love just it. so many the good more the ones merrier, out dude. there. Yeah. I love it so much. We every we all bring something different to the table. So it's awesome yeah. to to who's to say mesh. that the best one hasn't been started yet. There you go. You know, like us yeah. three knuckleheads, we've been We're doing it pretty three years, average but... at best in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's to say there's not just some gym out there like, oh, should I start it? Oh, should I not? Do it. I'll listen. Do it. Sure. Yeah. The Mozart yeah. of Chargers podcasting, you may <laughs> yeah. be it out there somewhere. You might you be. May be. So that's, again, Dan, thank you for coming on and, and chatting with, uh, with yeah, my man Huggin' Duggan. Yeah, and, 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 and I, the one thing I did want to say is like... I, they do such great interviews over there with all the players. Oh, yeah. Like the, oh, yeah. the one with, I laughed so hard. It was just the setup of Tranquil on that massage table <laughs> yeah. talking to these guys. I was like, this is awesome. So definitely they have some great content. So definitely go check them out. Um, Absolutely. Um, Jake and Dan over there, they do, they do good work and they do a cool thing where you can call in. They have a phone number where you can call in and leave a hey. voicemail. So I, uh, I dropped in on one of theirs the other day. <laughs> oh, it was no. pretty fun. Yeah. yeah it was <laughs> a little trolling. Um, yeah, well, no, not trolling. Just want to see how they did their, <laughs> how they celebrated their victory week. Do they go to yeah. the gr- grocery stores and push, put carts away? Do they have extra brisket? Like what their their vibe was. Mm. So I did learn that Jake doesn't always put a, put away his fucking cart. Shame, shame, Jake, shame, Jake. Come on, hey, man. So we all have areas that we can improve in exactly. our life. That's, That's right. yours right now. We're always right. improving. That's your area of emphasis. Please Just recognize it. Understand it and move forward. Get better. Okay. It's like We're not us gonna... with the run. De- it's like us beating our heads about the run defense not getting any better every week. You just got to learn from it and get better. Practice you makes perfect. Learn from this. Right. <laughs> Put your card away. Be the better Come Jake on. today than you were yesterday. That's all we're asking yeah, you to do. That's all we're asking. Be the Jake that you need to be. <laughs> there you go. Thank you again, guys. And uh, yeah, any any final thoughts? I mean, we've got the Vikings on Sunday. Hopefully, God, hopefully we fill that stadium up with Charger fans. I just, yeah, I really want to see that. And I, I have a feeling that we will. Like, it, it's going to be better than last time. Last time they oh, literally took was, yeah, was 90% really bad, yeah. Vikings fans yeah. at our little soccer stadium. But yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm going, I'm going to be in Thunder Alley. We're going to go early and go meet everybody. You can meet the little, the, the Huggin Jr. And, uh, yes. Co- Coach Seniors joining us. So we're going to yep. have, uh, uh, Papa, Papa Duggan is going to be, be there rocking with us. So it'll be fun, man. Regenerate. Three generations of Duggins in the exactly wow. in one in one stadium. That's gonna be yep. that's gonna be pretty impressive, folks. And I have five. Count them five. Five pins. Charger left. chat hey, pins left. So look at that. These f-ers are coming with me. <laughs> and if you're find me, K love you high. Still in effect. If I see you, K love K love you high, and you're getting a pin. There you go. Find find any any Duggan, <laughs> whether it's yeah. Papa, Middle, yeah. or Youngin. Uh, 
and and give them a K love you hi and uh and get get some photos over there folks i want to see everybody getting pictures with uh with my man because it's it always puts a smile on my face to see you guys interacting with us so wait to see you all it's gonna be fun all right it's gonna be sunday folks it's gonna be a good game looking forward to it that's gonna do it for us here at charger chat don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad any place k love you bye k love you bye look buddy k love you bye it's ham <laughs> it's ham par ham 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 and now a word from our sponsors do you like golf do you like sandwiches do you secretly wish there was a way to combine these two great things well now you can at hug and duggan's golf sandwich shop where we've synergistically combined the sport of golf and the meal of a sandwich check out some of our favorites Obviously, the club sandwich, the meat golf ball sandwich, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and our personal favorite, the par ham and cheese. Get it? So come on down to Huggin' Duggin's Golf Sandwich Shop. Open till four. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast.